Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Um, good morning, Mount Barker, Allgate, Verdun, Lobethal, visitors, great to have you all here. It's been a big year uh, coming together as two churches. It's been a really... Um, yeah, a, a, a year with lots of labour and lots of things to do and work through, but what a great uh, blessing to be here together as uh, one church in the Adelaide Hills to see Jesus glorified, to see lives transformed and to see hope revealed. I've loved meeting with the uh, team the last few weeks, Sarah Mosby, uh, our children's uh, ministry coordinator. Trent Ely's been on holidays, but he's here today. Good to see you, Trent, in April. Um, and meeting each Tuesday, the, the team there at Allgate, we pray together, we worship together, and we gather around God's Word and then plan and prepare, have all sorts of meetings. And it's been a really uh, encouraging time. We've been going through the book of Galatians, the letter to Galatians, which is an amazing letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church to kind of remind them about what grace was. They'd, they'd forgotten uh, what grace was, what God's gift to them in Jesus was. And they were trying to earn their salvation, prove themselves, trying to take credit for what God had done. And he wrote this letter to them about grace. And I'm driving to Allgate one Tuesday morning. And uh, I'm, as, as pastors do, I kind of sometimes, well, maybe they don't. I'm just putting it out here. Um, I was preaching to myself in the car a bit. I'm, I'm going through Galatians and I'm kind of preaching the message about grace and trying to get my head around, you know, articulating what is grace. And then all of a sudden there's a train at the uh, Bridgewater kind of line there, there's a freight train. And so I stopped, obviously, and it's going through. There's carriage after carriage after carriage, and I'm sort of waiting there, you know, preaching my, to myself a bit. And suddenly, um, this picture, th this freight train carriage goes past. And I'm like, that's amazing. Grace, always more. And in my heart, in that moment, it was like, that's what you've got to tell people Christmas Day. I knew I was preaching Christmas Day, and that was the message that I felt dropped in my heart, that that's what people need to hear afresh on Christmas Day, that because of Christ coming, because of the birth of Jesus, there's grace, always more, always more. Now, I'm not sure if you've watched the latest Netflix series on... Um, the Duke of Sussex and, and his bride, Prince Harry and Meghan. But I haven't, but I did read something about it. And he said this, and it was kind of a strange thing for him to say, but he said how he sacrificed everything he knows to join Meghan or Meghan in her world. And I thought, I'm not sure that that's true, but I know it's true of Jesus that he sacrificed everything. He left the glory of the heavenly kingdom to come to earth, to enter our world. That's the incarnation is what we call it. It's kind of Latin, there's a Latin word there, carne, which is carnivore, you know, people who eat meat. Um, it's a bit crude, I know, but it means to be enfleshed, to be embodied. Jesus, God, became flesh. And in the Bible story about Jesus, uh, from Luke and Matthew of his birth, grace and favour, another word that's used interchangeably in the Bible, is all over the story. 
Elizabeth, who was past childbearing years and lived with that in a culture that that was a very disgraceful thing to bear. She says this when a, a child is promised to her, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace. When the angel appeared to Mary, he said, don't be afraid, which is what angels often say when they appear. Um, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favour, grace with God. And when the angels appeared to the lowly shepherds, the, the rascal ratbag shepherds out in the fields who were kind of outsiders in society, they sung this, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests, on whom his favour, his grace rests. And then Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, says Luke, and in favour with God and with people. And Jesus would describe his mission like this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Grace and favour are all over the Christmas story. Now, just a quick word for those of you who are here this morning. You don't normally go to church. It's a new thing. You've, you know, maybe a relative dragged you along or a friend uh, and you're here. You're not really into the Christmas story. You don't believe in it. Can I just say, Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for coming. It's not easy to rock up to church, right? So thank you for being here. But just a quick word for you. No serious historians or scholars doubt the existence of Jesus. Whatever you might have read in some dark corner of the internet, um, he was a real person who lived. And you might say, okay, I acknowledge that. But can I believe in miracles that Jesus was born of a virgin? That's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? Well, it depends it's a philosophical question, really. If you have a worldview that doesn't allow for an all-creating, powerful God, then of course virgin births are, are quite difficult. They can't happen. But if in your worldview there is a God who can create, who can speak galaxies into being, surely producing 23 chromosomes in the womb of Mary is not going to be that hard. Come on. I love what Russell Calburn says. He is professor of experimental physics at Cambridge University. And he says this, science is the description of how God chooses to work most of the time, but he is sovereign and he can choose to work in any way he likes. And there are special times and places where he will and chooses to behave differently, like in the virgin birth, like in miracles, like in the resurrection. God can do that if he so wants. Personally, I think agnosticism, agnosticism is a, uh, a more faithful and uh, more humble position than atheism, but that's just me. Um, you should be not sure that's okay. Um, it, you know, search and find out. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, sort of aware this morning that I'm probably following the, the world's most deepest theologically rich children's talk in the history of children's <laughs> talks, and I don't have any, any Greek words to share. <clears throat> but I might just pull out one or two just to, to try and match Lauren there. It was a great talk. Um, so back to grace. What is grace? 
what is this favour, this grace that Jesus brings into our world? Now, we, we are limited and finite how we understand grace and favour. You know, if you're at school uh, and you had those games at lunchtime, there's like 20 kids and you pick two captains and then each captain would pick, you know, the best of each team to be on their team, you know. You'd favour the best people in that game. Or award ceremonies, whether it be the Academy Awards or the Brownlow Medal, we, we give favour and grace to certain people to special people. We're limited in how we can hand out grace and favour, but God is not limited. This morning in this room, you can all be God's favourites. God can favour each one of you and give you grace and it won't diminish it because everyone receives it. It's unlimited. Grace, always more. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, grace essentially means unmerited favour, favour that you do not deserve, favour you receive but to which you have no right or title and of which you are entirely unworthy and undeserving. We may call it condescending love, love coming down. That's the incarnation, love coming down into our world. John Newton was a slave trader, ruined the lives of many people through that wicked trade in the 1700s. And he had an encounter where his life was turned around by the grace of Jesus. And he wrote a song which we all know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Charles Spurgeon was a great Baptist preacher and he said this, grace is the free favour of God, the undeserved bounty of the ever gracious creator against whom we have offended the generous pardon, the infinite, spontaneous, loving kindness of God who has been provoked and angered by humanity's sin. God's grace proceeds exclusively through Jesus the mediator, all things come to us through him. He is the golden pipe of the conduit of eternal love, the window through which grace shines, the door by which grace enters. To put it simply at Christmas, grace is a person, Jesus Christ. Dave said last night, I loved it, salvation is a person. And grace, the grace of God is a person. And because this is true, grace, I've changed the Grace Brothers removal of slogan. It's now grace, colon, always more in Jesus. Always more in Jesus. Listen to how um, the Gospel of John tells the Christmas story from a slightly eternal perspective. Um, he says this, the Word, the, the pre-existent eternal Son of God became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. John spent three years on earth walking with Jesus. We've seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came to us from the father, full of grace and truth. Out of the fullness, we have, say this after me, we have all received grace upon grace. We have all received out of Jesus' fullness, grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. H.G. H. G. Wells, who wrote The War of the Worlds, was a British author. He said this, I'm an historian, I'm not a believer, but I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very centre of human history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of human history. Jesus 
is wonderful. His life was beautiful and perfect, unsurpassed in its attractive majesty and wonder. Tim Keller says this about Jesus, an extended quote, but I wanna read it. Jesus combines high majesty with the greatest humility. He joins the strongest commitment to justice with astonishing mercy and grace, tenderness without any weakness, boldness without harshness, humility without any uncertainty, his insistence on truth, but always bathed in love. His power without insensitivity, integrity without rigidity, passion without prejudice. He is blunt and confrontational with a respectable religious leader. And in the very next chapter, he is patient and gentle with a woman who is a social outcast. We never see Jesus pompous or offended or standing on his own dignity. He is approachable to the weakest and the most broken. There is an unsurpassed moral and spiritual beauty about the character and teaching of Jesus. We desperately need grace. Each person in our families, in our culture, in our society, in our world, we need the grace of God. There's something wrong with the world. It's fallen. It's broken. There's something wrong in each of us. We're fallen and we're broken. A few years ago, there was an article by Professor Wilfred McClay, you may or may not know him, I didn't until I read the article, called The Strange Persistence of Guilt. And he writes this, those of us living in Western nations find ourselves in the tightening grip of a paradox. It is the strange persistence of guilt as a psychological force in modern life. And he goes on to say that we thought, you know, 70, 80, 100 years ago, if we got rid of all the old religious teachings, all these oppressive religious dogmas and teachings, if we just throw it off, we'd be freed from guilt. We could just live what lives how we want to. We'd be free and unencumbered by these ancient ideas of morality and truth. But he says, actually, the opposite's happened. He goes on to say, the displacement of the cultural centrality of Christianity and Judaism have created two problems for us. First, modern science cannot instruct us in how to live. It cannot tell us what we should live for, let alone what we should be willing to sacrifice for or die for. And secondly, science cannot do anything to relieve the guilt weighing down our souls. Science can't, but God can. And God sent a saviour He sent a saviour into the world to save us from our sins, to pardon our guilt, to free us from shame, to heal our brokenness. The angel said to Joseph, Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, which means the Lord saves because he will save his people from their sins. God's grace in Jesus forgives our sins, cancels our guilt, cleanses our shame, heals our brokenness, dismantles our pride, self-righteousness, arrogance and boasting, gives us thankful and grateful hearts. God's grace can not only transform us, but our relationships with others and our world. The Apostle Peter, who like John, walked three years with Jesus on earth, he wrote this to the church, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace and favour to the humble. Now, 
I was writing this message on Thursday and I'm sitting there typing at my computer at home and there's a window here on the left. And as I'm typing, I'm literally typing the words, grace always more. We live in a fairly quiet street in Mount Barker. The only trucks I've seen are garbage trucks. Um, And yet, as I'm typing those very words, I look out the window and a truck goes past with two containers on it. And before I knew what I was doing, I jumped up. I was running down the the street with my phone. I had no shoes on. Because I'm thinking, no one's going to believe me if I tell them that this happened. And I ran down the street and the truck stopped down the end of the street and I took this photo. It's geotagged if you want to check it later. Okay, this is real. I haven't made this up. And I'm typing at my grace always more, always more. And I look and this truck and I ran and I took the photo. I came back and I sat there and I just went, what just happened? What are the odds of a pastor in Mount Barker who once in his life saw a container on a train three weeks earlier and thought, I need to preach about that. And as I'm writing the very message, that truck goes, what are the odds? There's many mathematicians here. They're pretty, they're pretty long odds, right? I'm sitting there and I've been listening to Handel's Messiah. It's a great Christmas worship um, oratorio and I'm listening to it. And as I'm sitting there, I suddenly realise my feet are hurting. And I look underneath, I've got these two huge blisters coming up on the balls of my feet because it was a hot road, it was bitumen. I've got, I've, got, I've got pastor's feet, right? They're pretty soft. Um, and these blisters are coming up, I'm going, well, that was a bit silly. And the next day, Friday, I could hardly walk. Um, that was so bad. But I thought, I got the shot. But I'm listening to Handel's Messiah and it was right at that point as I'm looking at my feet, it was right at the point where they're singing prophecy from Isaiah chapter 53 and I suddenly went wow he was pierced his feet were pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace the grace that comes on our lives because of him was was on him by him and by his wounds we are healed and I thought about Jesus that baby who grew into the the wonderful man and the one who died for us. His feet were pierced. And I'm looking at my feet thinking, Lord, you suffered so much. You experienced so much pain, so much brutality, so much wickedness for humanity to bear our sin, to bear our wickedness, to bear our hatred, our violence, our shame. You bore that, Jesus. And because of that, there's grace. Always more. Always more in Jesus. So how do we respond to this generous gift of God in Jesus, this gift of God to us in Christ? Listen to what the Magi do, the wise men in the book of Matthew. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, the child Jesus, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. This is the right response to God becoming flesh, dwelling among us full of grace and truth, giving us grace upon grace, mercy, forgiveness, love, kindness, friendship, when we don't deserve it, the right response, they bowed down and worshipped him. Now, I love the carol, O Come, Will You Faithful, and I'm glad we sang it earlier. But I just wanna put it out there that maybe Jesus 
came not for the faithful, but for the unfaithful. Maybe he came for those who felt broken because he upset and angered the religious leaders of his day, the righteous, upright religious leaders. He angered them by fraternizing, hanging out with rejects, losers, the lost, the lonely, the broken, the rejected. Oh yes, come all ye faithful. But in Jesus, because of his grace, come all you unfaithful. Know this truth again this Christmas day. Grace, always more in Jesus. Say it after me. Grace, always more in Jesus. Now that was with me. <laughs> Say it after me. Grace, always more in Jesus. And I want you to listen to a song. Read the words on the screen. Take a moment to reflect. Think of your life. Think of people in your lives who may need a fresh encounter or the message of God's grace this Christmas. Maybe someone at your Christmas lunch or dinner today needs God's grace extended to them and you could be that person to extend it. Listen to this song, reflect on the grace of Jesus for us. Maybe there's even one person here this morning who needed to hear that message, who needs to hear that there's grace. There's always more. There's always more grace and it's available in and through Jesus. Let me pray for us. Lord, for those who feel sad this Christmas day, for those who feel happy and thankful, grace, always more in Jesus. For those who feel weighed down by guilt, regret, and shame, grace, always more in Jesus. For those who feel the joy and peace of being forgiven, more grace. For those who feel alone and lonely, forgotten, out, overlooked and not needed this Christmas day, grace, always more in Jesus. Lord, for those who are gifted with family and friends to share this day, for those grieving the loss of precious and dear loved ones this year, grace, always more in Jesus. For those facing an uncertain future with their health and for those walking with them, grace, always more in Jesus. For those confused, tired and weary this Christmas day, for those filled with hope for the future, grace always more in Jesus. Lord, for all of us unfaithful ones this Christmas day, grace always more in Jesus. Lord Jesus, we fall on our knees. We hear the angel voices, a night divine when Christ was born. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.